0: Our leader will now share for 20 to 25 minutes describing what it was like, what happened, and what it is like now. Our leader for tonight is Andrea. I'm Andrea. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi Andrea. Andrea. And I haven't been in this room in a really long time, but um, it certainly is a place I am familiar with and I walk in here and I remember in 2001 I had a severe injury and I would come here and lay on that couch for the meeting. So. A lot's happened. I came into program in, as far as I can figure, um, 1984. And I I used to have great solace in that I would be recovered when I had as many years in program as I had eating. However, I've passed that point, and I'm still a compulsive overeater, so I'm still here. And um, that doesn't really bother me. You know, I... Um, Uh, If you would have told me I am going to be here for all these years and still going to these crazy meetings with you crazy people, when I came in, I probably would have ran. But, you know, um, I didn't know then what I know now. And, um, you know, I, I used to write out notes. And I remember when I first started speaking, I had all kinds of stuff. And now I pray you know, and see what's going to come out. Because it's really hard, even in 20, 25 minutes, which is a long share, to, to, to do 33 years of, of recovery at all. So um, I do have pictures, and um, I don't think I have my top weight. My top weight that I weighed myself at was 300. But I don't think I know my exact top weight. But I think it's around there. And 300 is impressive enough to me to think that I might have had a problem. And um, I came in and I was around 34 years old. And I, I, um, I got here, I'll just make it brief. I was an IC. I'm a cardiac nurse. I took care of someone who was a nurse, in a, is a head nurse at the nursing home. She was 49 years old. She took care of everybody but herself. She never went to the doctor. She had one massive heart attack and ended up dying within four weeks on the operating table trying to get her heart fixed. And in that time, even though she couldn't talk, she was on a breathing machine. It's the closest I ever got to a patient. It's the only time I've ever gone to anybody's funeral. And, it's, uh, um, and um, I knew that that was, that was gonna be me. It was clear it was going to be me. And at that time, somebody I worked with was in OA, and they started changing. You know, not only did they lose weight, but they seemed to change. They didn't stay much longer than when I came in. It took me two years to get here. That's not fast or slow. That's what it took. And um, I had a lot of good reasons. Um, I worked evenings, so I couldn't go to morning meetings. I couldn't go to evening meetings. There was one afternoon meeting at the dry dock. And there was one crazy man that used to always talk about his fantasy around nurses. As I was and really sick, and I was in a nursing uniform when I went—not a white one. We don't wear those, but you know, those pajama-looking ones. Anyway, but i, I went there because that was a meeting there was. I—I I lied to my sponsor. I looked for people that I could bullshit. I was a scammer. I was a liar. I'm a food liar. I'm down and out. You know that I, uh, but I never left. I ended up going to a meeting. It was across the street from my house. I still live across the street from Davies. They were on step one, and it was ten o'clock or nine thirty on Sunday morning. So I could work evenings. I could, you know, I could. Do, I had no excuse, and I got there and I never left. And I've been going ever since. Um, I am the sometimes slowly type of recovery. When it says sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. Um, God had, I had my timetable. God has had her timetable, and we battled a lot, but she won. And here I am today. I don't know if I'm a normal weight. I always think that I could be thinner, but you know what? I have been in this body at this size for about well a long time i don't know how many years my story was i came in i lied about what i ate i found somebody that a sponsor that i could boss around and was really i'm very i could i was even i was pretty scary back then and i could just give you a look and you wouldn't mess with me so i picked someone who would be intimidated and eventually I changed that. That changed, but um, I guess my point is, they say the only requirement for membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. The only re- i didn't want to be fat was why I was here. I did not want to stop eating compulsively when I came here. That came later, but just that I didn't want to be fat, and I had to become teachable. That was the hardest thing for me when I came in here. I knew everything. I knew that if the world would just do it my way, I would be okay, and it was you were the problem. And I knew that right, right before I came in here, I told my friends, I never, ever, ever want you to talk about what I'm eating or my weight, or you're not my friend. And I was sure I was gonna die by 40. You know, and that was, that 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 was where I was at, and somehow through my patient, my fellow nurse, and the, and I believe a higher power, I got in these rooms, and um, I was really active in the twelve step within when that concept came out, because in those days, if you weren't abstinent and there was a gray sheet, it was like they didn't want to hear from you and it was contagious and they were going to get it, but they already had my disease. They didn't know that it couldn't be contagious because they already had it, but that it really wasn't a lot of room for slipping. And um, I don't recommend slipping, sliding, and lying, but I do recommend staying, no matter what your story is. And um, I hear people say, if it can happen for me, it can happen for you. It happened for me. I don't know, you know. I've seen it happen for so many people here. I've seen so many miracles, and um, I came in here. I didn't speak until for 11 weeks, and um, I remember I had to read that, that prayer that said, Make me a channel of thy peace where there is hatred. I may bring love there where is there error. I may be in forgiveness. And I said, wow, you've got to be a stupid, you've got to be a mamby-pamby idiot, They're going to step all over you if you do that. But I remember that's the first thing I read. And um, still I stayed because there must have been something in me that wanted to survive and not kill myself with the food. I had very high blood pressure, about 160 over 110. And I was 33, 34 years old. And um, I didn't know how to stop. Eventually, I did work with the sponsor that I did work the steps. I think there's, the secret is in the steps and in the tools. The tools are the toolbox, and I think the traditions, too, because those became the way that I live my life. You know, I live my life with those, those kind of concepts today. But um, it took me a long time to get through the fourth, fourth step. And the way I got done with is that one day, you know, after years in this program, somebody said, well, what step are you doing? I said, oh, step four. Well, how long have you been on it? Oh, I don't know, a really long time. He said, pick a date. And I picked my birthday, which was, I didn't know why I was saying pick a date. If I was thinking, I would have known. But it was only four (laughs) weeks away, and I was done with my fourth step. And um, I don't think it's good to linger there. I think... um, that there's this perfectionism, or this think I'm going to forget somebody, or I'm not thorough, or I'm not honest enough. And I believe that we're as honest as we can be at any given time when we're working the steps. And there's always a chance to do it again, you know. And if I skip something, that glaring defect will come up in every relationship, you know. God, God will show me. I think um, the funny thing about doing the steps—or not funny—is that. I really realized why I ate and how crazy I was. And when I realized what my defects of character were, for lack of a better word, then they were everywhere. It was so obvious to me, you know, that I, and I think that's the only way, they have to be really painful enough and obvious enough for me to be willing to go on to the next steps. And I did it and I've done it a few times and I still go to meetings I feel that I've been given a spiritual um, relief from this. If I'm in physical spiritual condition, I feel like I really do have a lot of the time relief from the obsession. And how I eat today is not how I ate when I came in, and it may not be how I eat tomorrow. I cannot tell you. That enough because I'm going to talk about stuff that people that I eat that people don't eat and I'm not going to go into big food logs because I don't tell you what I used to eat because you don't get 300 pounds on celery and peanut butter no matter how much celery and peanut butter you have so I don't impress you with that and for today I don't beat myself up no matter what shame and guilt are out the window I pray I meditate, I go to meetings, I write, I read, I sponsor, I'm sponsored, and um, I have a toolkit. And um, I believe that because of my fit spiritual condition in this life, I, there aren't a lot of things I can't eat right now. Now, it doesn't mean that I have tons of everything I want anytime I want, but. Um, it's just for today um i've been through a, i've been here a long time so a lot of things have happened since i've been here you know the usual breakups you know broken hearts elated hearts you know aging falls trips you know great adventures you know passion dispassion depression you know Judgment anger fear remorse all of it, you know, it's been a full life Those photos will show you that I I did a lot of different I there's a lot of sides to me You know, and I didn't have to look through all my photos to find ones to impress you It that's that is who I am and when I was a kid growing up in my house I was fat starting age four it was an issue and what i remember most of all was i was too much i was constantly too much enthusiasm too much energy too much and i became an asthmatic from four, 17 months to 14 years quelling everything and my biggest comfort was food and i was told that all that all that that fun and enthusiasm and things that only my grandmother really thought was great, bless her, were the things that I was shoving down and I was making myself big when I was making my personality small. And they just kept sending me to diet doctors and sending me here and sending me there. I mean, I always share this story because I, I, my parents were not bad people. They had a lot on their plate. I understand in retrospect what they came from. But my mom took, I remember two things about having to lose weight really young, and one was going to a gym and they put you on one of those things that went like <laughs> this, and I passed out. <laughs> and the second thing is, is they sent me to something called TOPS, which is take off pounds sensibly. And you've probably heard me say this before, but this is what they, how we were treated. If you gained weight, you weighed in, if you gained weight, you said, oink, oink, Andrea, a pig, am I? At least the scales say so. The scales, I know, they do not lie. These two pounds must go. And that was how they treated us, you know? That was, that was you know, acceptable. That is a horror to me now, you know? And I, my heart breaks when I see fat little kids. You know, I just, I, because I know I don't know, but I know that there was a lot under, that I was eating away, that was eating me and that I shoved down. And I have a lot of compassion for them, and I always just try to look them in the eye and let them know they're seen and not stare at them because there's a difference between seeing somebody and what we got because the world, when, you're, when you carry over 100 pounds, I'm about 100 and I would say about 125 pounds to 130 pounders less than I than I was, you know, and um, my story is that I lost. But when you carry that kind of weight, the world has a lot of ideas about who you are, without ever, without you ever opening your mouth. And I hope it's better today. I don't know, you know, um, and I don't, I don't have to figure that one out. But I, st- I, um, I worked the program, and I was honest as I could be and I never left and I got very active in the 12-step within and was on the committee that did the first five retreats in this neighborhood and my friends went to World Service and we realized that this, this concept was going on worldwide, that people felt like there wasn't a place for them. And if you cannot say you over in, compul- in an OA meeting, where can you tell the truth? And I'm not saying, oh great, you're overeating, because it's painful. It destroys you. It destroys the spirit. It just You know, it's, it's, um, it's a tough place to be. But if you can't be here, where can you be? Because, you know, we get it. I get it. You know, there isn't a story I've heard, whether you, you're this thin or you're this big, that I can't relate to on some level. And I wanted to think I was so unique when I came in here. You know, and I'm really not. I'm not so unique. My progress in this program was for about 12 years, I was stuck at a 75-pound weight loss. stuck. And I just had to find you know, and my, my sponsor would do very wonderful sponsor, very patient sponsor, nothing like me, a nice willowy blonde who had perfect abstinence. And um, we got at a crossroads once, and she. I said we were starting to become friends, and I said I need a sponsor. She said I can either be your sponsor or be your friend. I said, well, I think I need a sponsor more, and she was wonderful. And she put, I was stuck, you know. And she say stuff. well, just try to imagine what it's like to be under two hundred pounds. I said, well, I can do that and try to speak Japanese, <laughs> you know, about as likely, you know. And um, she just stuck with me and. I wrote letters to graham crackers, because when I was growing up, I couldn't have the obvious things like donuts, cakes, cookies, but I always got graham crackers. And I worked in a hospital, and we always had graham, well, not when I worked, we didn't have graham crackers, but, you know, they were, they were like my, my binge. And, um, you know, I don't know, I wish I could tell you what changed. I wish I could say, well, one day somebody said this, and all of a sudden, the light came on. Or you know, I just got sick and tired of being sick and tired, or God spoke to me. I don't know what changed I don't know when the miracle's going to happen. I don't know what made that miracle happen, you know, but I know it's a miracle, and I know that i I eat the way I do and look the way I do is a gift from my higher power and i and my sponsor's higher power is a little elf that sits on her shoulder, you know. Mind is a, a kind of a a mermaid goddess because I believe that nature in that part speaks to me. But it doesn't matter. It could be a doorknob, you know. It doesn't matter. But just um, and I had a really hard time. I was raised um, a Jewish, and I was bought mitzvah and I was confirmed, and you know my parents went to temple, but they were never got fellowship they were not social people they just had rules and rigidness and 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 guilt and shame and well not so much guilt and shame that's more catholic although we have our own form of it but you know it was just there wasn't any there wasn't a fellowship in their, in the religion that i was raised in and what i found here is a fellowship a group of people that share and speak the same language as I do. And you know, everybody doesn't like me. I don't like everybody here. But I do know how to treat people kindly. And I think it's human to like some people more than others. And now today that doesn't matter. Before it didn't matter, fuck you. Now it just doesn't matter, you know, because I just pray to be kind and open, and to good to myself, good to other people, and to, you know, abstain from compulsive eating, and and that eleven-step prayer maybe is what I what I strive for today, and I didn't turn into a mamby pamby, and nobody walked all over me, you know. Um, I have a really good life. Um, I've li- I came to San Francisco in 1969 because I was born in Southern California and I knew I did not belong there. Those beautiful, they're just too close to Hollywood perfection and Twiggy was perfection back then. And, um, and I couldn't do it. And I, I went away to school and I applied 500 miles away because that seemed a good distance from my parents and somebody said I belonged in San Francisco and I had never been here. And I applied for school and I got in and the first day, the first time I was here, I thought, oh my God, this fog and these hills are gonna kill me. I was from, you know, the beach. But um, neither of them killed me and I do belong in San Francisco. This is my home. This is the first time I had friends. This is the first time. You know, in the 60s, there were no freaks. There were no freaks in San Francisco. I had a big Afro wig. I weighed 300 pounds. I had an Indian print bedspread for a dress. I had what looked like sheepskin green cape to the floor. And I did a lot of drugs. And I had a lot of fun, and I was kind of crazy, and I ate a lot. And I lived the 60s. And I'm not glorifying it. I'm glad I did it. Couldn't do it today. Wouldn't want to, but... um, I came here then and the first, and that was the first time I felt accepted was in San Francisco. And the second time when I really found, thought I found my people was in these rooms. And um, I am as honest as I can be today about just about anything, and, but not hurtful. You know, not hurtful. I try to be kind. I have to pray for kindness. I have to pray for acceptance. And what I know is that the more accepting I am of myself, the kinder I am to you. And the more accepting I am of you. And I'm kind to me because I know I'm still learning. I'm learning every day. And I never know what's going to be true tomorrow. But today, today I have this. I um, am recovering from my second shoulder surgery in two years. And um, this one's harder than the last one. I would like the first one to have been hard so this could have been better, but that wasn't the plan. And all everything has been defined today. What the next right action, physical therapy, icing, w- walk, whatever, it's just about, you know, it's how I do this recovery too. There's just the next right step. And if I do a wrong step and I tweak it a little or something, it's not the end of the world. It's just I gets my attention. So I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful to have come this far. I'm excited for the journey that's ahead of me. And I'm so glad to see people that I've seen since the first day they walked in here, people that I have known for a really long time, and relatively new people. And um, I only say don't quit before the miracle because you're worth it. And miracles happen here. And I see a lot of them. It's not just me. If it were only me, I'd think I was crazy. So, and I am maybe a little bit, but it's okay because there's worse things than being crazy. So, anyway, thank you for your time.